Um, as Mike said, we are in a series called Landing the Impossible. And last week he spoke about looking for, spotting for the opportunities. And I love what he said at the end of his message. You have to listen to the podcast because I was in kids last week and I did. Um, and he said right at the end, he said, I challenge you to change your language from I have a problem to I have an opportunity. And God has opportunities for us everywhere, but sometimes we just need to shift our perspective a little bit to actually notice it. Um, and so I thought that was brilliant. And today we're going to go on to mastering the internal conversation because it's all well and good us going, yes, okay, God, off we go. Yep, I'm so excited for this. But then we hit a few bumps along the way and I'm sure you'll feel that tension between, I really want to do this, God, but it's also really tricky. Um, so that's what we're going to unpack today. So before we start, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get going. God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us and that you've called us and you've appointed us to be here and in your presence today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've got things that you want to whisper to us, specific things to each of our hearts. And we just open ourselves up to you today and just say, come and, come and do what you want to. Um, lead us, give us boldness, give us confidence to, to run the, the race that you've marked out for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are great and you're bigger than everything else that we face. Amen. Okay, so you've got to hear from Kai a little bit over the last few weeks, but now you get to hear from me and I get to tell my side of things. <laughs> um, so I just want to tell you a bit about myself to start with. Have we got a picture that's going to come up? We have a picture. No, oh, the lighting's not brilliant. Uh, this is a place in Gloucester, which is just up in the hills in a place called Cranham. I don't know if you've ever been there. Uh, there's a scout centre. Oh. Nodding to me there, good. There's a scout centre there. Um, and my favourite thing in the whole world is autumn welly walks. Now, thank you, Amy. Stand up, Amy. She's uh, modelling. She's modelling her beautiful wellies today. Nothing makes me happier than seeing Amy come in her wellies to church. And I think we should all take that up. Um, and <laughs> thank you. Uh, so in autumn and winter, we love, well, I love... I love to go for walks, and I see it as a great opportunity for us to talk and process things that are going on. Kai, on the other hand, couldn't think of anything worse than going out for a walk in the forest or in the woods, on the hills. Um, he doesn't want to have that conversation. He wants to sit and watch the rugby. Okay. Um, but one New Year's Day, um, I think it was the year when we got married. So we've been married five years. We just celebrated our anniversary on Friday. Uh, so yeah, five years ago, um, I said, right, it's New Year's Day. Let's go for a walk. We've got this fantastic opportunity to go for a walk together, talk about our future, enjoy the leaves, look at the views. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I should have known as soon as we started off by not being able to find the car park, I don't know if you remember this, not being able to find the car park and then starting off at the wrong point and not actually following the map properly, that it wasn't going to go quite to plan. So everything was great. We're walking along. Yeah, I know the way. I've been here before. We'll work this out. I did my Duke of Edinburgh up there. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I don't do it. Um, and I... <laughs> I thought I knew, and because I have a good sense of direction most of the time, I thought, this is going to be fine. Um, so we're walking along, and yeah, we got lost. It, it just happened. So suddenly, things that started off to be a great opportunity, full of expectation, this wonderful time we're going to have together, started to spiral into us walking around in circles. Have you got the second photo? It all just looks the same there. The trees look the same. 
The path looks the same. We're walking in circles. Kai's getting angrier and angrier at me. Uh, saying, why did we even come out? And I'm thinking, yeah, why, why did I even bother? Should have just stayed at home. It's New Year's Day. We could be on the sofa. I had a pack of Rolos with me. Made my way through the chocolate. I don't know if you were like that when you get a bit stressed eating all the chocolate. Um, it got darker and darker. My fear levels are going up. We're going to be stuck in the woods somewhere in Cranham. I, I have no idea where we are. Um, ended up finding the car eventually and going back home. Uh, it didn't really work out to plan. It wasn't really the opportunity and the great time that I expected to have. Um, and I'm sure you'll all relate in the different ways that we, we think that we're going to have a great opportunity. And then those times when it just doesn't, it doesn't work out. So perhaps for you, it's a new job. You think, great, I finally got this opportunity that I'm looking for. I finally get to... Uh, show my skills in this new way, finally get this exciting role, maybe I'll get a pay rise. Sounds great to me. Uh, and then suddenly you get into the role and you get into the, the rhythms of every day and oh, it's not quite as glamorous as you thought it was going to be. Or you start to compare yourself to other people in the office or in your workplace. Or, or maybe, maybe I shouldn't have even bothered. Maybe I should have just stayed in my old job where I was comfortable. Uh, maybe for you, it's in new relationships, in a new marriage, you know, when everything is beautiful and the whole world is at your feet and there's nothing wrong with your, uh, your husband, your wife, your friend, everything is lovely. And then you realize that they actually have flaws. Uh, you realize that they don't know how to change the toilet roll and it's not so great. <laughs> and you hit barrier after barrier. Um, and it's not quite that gleaming opportunity that you thought it was going to be. Um, or maybe it's taking on a new ministry or getting involved with something at church where um, everything, once again, you're full of faith, you're full of anticipation, full of opportunity. This is going to be great. We're going to grow. We're going to multiply in two weeks and going to have 150 people on our first service. Um, but then you turn up and, oh, nothing seems to have changed. And, oh, okay, well, I stepped out. Maybe I should have just, just, just stayed comfortable. Shouldn't have even bothered to come in here. Um, and we end up getting into this this battle, this internal conversation of faith and fear, and it kind of feels like this tug of war between over here, great God, I'm so excited, I know that you've given me this opportunity, I'm ready, let's go, uh, you can do anything through me, I believe that, I, I, I can do this, and then on the other side you've got, oh, why did I even bother? Oh, this, is, this is hard, your fear levels start to get higher, why? I'm not good enough. I'm so insignificant. What do I have to offer here? And it's like faith, fear, faith, fear. Uh, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to, how to handle this. Um, but we need to, to address that today. We need to come face to face with our fear and call it out. Because if we continue to live and continue to, continue to spiral in that place of I'm insignificant, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm too small, I can't do this, and we're never going to land the impossible. We're never going to get to that place that God's asked us to get to. Um, sometimes it feels more comfortable to sit in our fear, but we need to address it head on and say, no, I'm going to take this down. Um, we're going to see what God has called us to and what God's promised us. Um, so we're going to... Oh, sorry. Kai, have you got the next one? Thank you. This is what we're going to talk about today. In the conversation of fear and faith... Let faith have the final word. We can have our fear. That's okay. We're human. We're going to face fears. But if fear becomes our final word, then we're always going to settle for second best and we're always going to stay here. Uh, but if we let faith have the final word, that's what we will see. So we're going to go to a story in Joshua, which some of you might know. Um, and it is the battle, um, 
of Jericho. Uh, so the uh, Israelites have just come out of, um, just come into the promised land. So Moses has taken over, uh, sorry, Moses has died and Joseph, I'm not doing very well with this, am I? Moses has died and Joshua, Joshua is now the new leader. So they've crossed into the promised land and they've already seen incredible miracles. Uh, they are camped somewhere near Jericho and God had been providing manna for them throughout their whole time. So every day they would wake up and there would be food. Um, but now, because they're in the promised land, they've just had their first meal off the land. So finally they've seen the promise, they're in, in Canaan. Um, but God doesn't want to stop there. He wants to land some more impossible for them. Um, so he takes them to Jericho and Joseph, uh, Joseph, Joshua, Joshua, uh, is challenged by God. So in Joshua 1 verses, uh, sorry, Joshua 6 verses 1 and 2. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because the Israelites, no one, no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. So Jericho is before them and it's completely barred. The Israelites are there. They don't want to let the Israelites in. But God's saying, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to give you the king. And I'm going to give you all the fighting men. So it's, we've already set ourselves up with this impossible. Uh, what's going to happen? So Joshua three, uh, 6, verses 3 to 7. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Joseph followed God's instructions and he said, advance, go. Um, in the Bible, it's used a few different times, that word. Um, and it's talking about crossing over or moving forward. Uh, so they recognize that even though they might have been walking around in circles, they've been told to cross over, to take something. Uh, and my challenge for us to start with is for our faith to have the final word, we actually need to get active. We need to not just sit here. And it might seem like we're just walking around in circles, but we're going to cross over from our fear into our faith. We're going to take, take a new step and we're actually going to get active and start going. Joshua 6 verses 8 to 10. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed, uh, rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Uh, I kind of think here... Well, these people, they're walking around and they're being told not to say anything. I think I would have been nudging my friends like, oh, shoot, I dare you, I dare you. And it must have been a little bit frustrating for them thinking, okay, all right, we'll just go with it. Uh, verse 11. So he had the ark of the Lord, sorry, so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. 
Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Now think about walking around that again and again and again, and every day getting up and getting up and getting up. And I think so often when we've jumped into this, this step of faith and taken this opportunity, we come up against things and they don't disappear overnight. Uh, this fear, we can feel like we've confronted it and we're, we're being active, and we're taking a step and we just keep battling against it and battling against it and battling against it. Uh, and it's not just going to disappear overnight, but we need to choose that we're going to confront those fears and push forward and choose that we're going to keep getting up. For our faith to have the final word, we need to keep walking. We need to choose, right, I know this is hard. I know I felt like I battled this yesterday. I know I kept speaking to this fear yesterday, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep walking today. Um, when I was doing, so I'm a primary school teacher um, in my second year, so my teacher training wasn't very long ago. Um, when I was doing my training, I was in a school and wasn't really the right fit. I was trying to come up with some different creative ideas and they didn't really like it and you kind of just got to go with it, but it felt like I was under attack every single day that I couldn't please them, that I couldn't make them happy. And it was really tough because I had this promise, this impossibility in front of me that I was going to be this teacher and that I was going to pass and I was going to be able to get a job, but I needed their approval. I, need, I needed to please them in order to actually get there. And it just felt like I was battling day after day after day, getting up, trying to give them my best and still wasn't good enough. And every day I got in my car and I put my worship music on and I listen to these words and I'm declaring these words and thinking, right, today's the day it's going to change. Today's the day they're going to be happy with me and they're going to give me some positive feedback. And then I'd get into work and they'd tell me, oh, this wasn't good enough or this. And I thought, oh, this is so deflating, but I have to keep walking. I have to keep getting up. I have to keep saying no to this fear, no to the thoughts of me that are thinking, oh, maybe I, I can't do this. Maybe I'm too insignificant. Maybe, maybe God hasn't promised this after all. Maybe I didn't hear him right. I had to keep choosing. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep going for this. And it was hard. And I'm not going to say that I finished that placement and they were really happy with me because they weren't. <laughs> but I just, I knew that God had promised me something and I just had to keep walking. And he completely flipped it around for the next school I was in. It was a completely different experience. And then the next few months after that were pretty miraculous. And I can tell you about that another time. But if I didn't keep walking, if I'd just given up and just said, right, forget it then, I'm not, I can't be a teacher, I'm not good enough for this, then I never would have seen that promise. I never would have seen that impossible landed. Um, so choose to just keep walking. Joshua 15, uh, Joshua 6, verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven, seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. I mean, they're tired enough as it is, and now they're going seven times on one day. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then down to um, verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. For our faith to have the final word, we need to find our shout. Now, our shout isn't just 
any old noise, anything that we want to say, it's power and it's the word of God. And it's the thing that's going to shift. And Mel was saying it in worship earlier about facing that fear, speaking to your spirit and saying no. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to find our shout. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God, this book, is your sword. It is your weapon that's going to take down your fear to make your fear quieter and to make your faith louder. And every day when we come to this word and we draw it out and we speak it to our fear, we speak it to our impossibility, then things start to shift. Um, And if you don't know what your word is, you don't know what your shout is, then today you need to ask God and you need to find it. Um, I faced loads of ups and downs where I've needed to draw my sword to get my shout. Uh, When we first got married, we didn't have a lot of money, as a lot of people don't when they first, got, first get married. Um, but I was, I was self-employed, and Kai was on an hourly wage, and he wasn't getting any holiday pay, and we were involved with loads of stuff at church, so that in, involved us going away a lot. Um, and month to month, we lived by faith. It was literally counting up, right, how much have we got this month? How are we going to get through it? And to start with, I thought, oh, this is fun. This is great. God's going to provide. But then the fear, when I realized that God wasn't just going to keep us here for a couple of months, but it was going to be a training ground that was going to last a lot longer, which actually turned into three years, that was scary. And without addressing that fear and speaking to that fear, I probably just would have wallowed and just given up and thought, forget it. Just go and get any job. Just Let's just, let's just call it quits. We can't do this. Um, and I was reading Psalm 37 one day, and the Holy Spirit just pointed a verse out to me, and it said, they will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine, they will have more than enough. And that just lit me up inside. You know, when you have those moments, when you're reading the word of God, and you think, that's it, that, that's my shout. And I had to keep declaring that over and over and over. Every time my fear started to hit me, like, you don't have enough money. How are you going to pay for this? How are you going to pay for that? In the famine, we will have more than enough. That was the opposite thought that I had to, had to take to that fear. And we always did have more than enough. And that's still our story now. And God challenges me on that and says, okay, what is your shout? What is it that you need to speak today? What, what word can I give you? What are you going to use as your sword? So what's yours going to be? Maybe you don't know what the word of God says yet. Maybe you have no idea where to even start. But you can start with just declaring who he is. That he's faithful. That he's good. That he's your provider. That he loves you. That he's pleased with you. Start with those things. That is your shout today. Whatever it is. Even if it's just one line that you repeat. You are good. You are good. Even if everything else around you doesn't seem like that. Even if it seems so impossible. And this gap and this faith step just seems too hard for you. Clinging on to that word and make that your shout. That will be what will take down that fear in your life. So ask yourself today. Thinking about where you're at, it's a bit scary, I know, when you come face to face with the reality of, oh, yeah, I'm not handling this fear very well. Uh, But ask yourself, what's the loudest volume in your life? Is it the volume of fear or is it the volume of faith? Is faith having the final say in your life or is fear having the final say in your life? 
do you need to call time on fear altogether and just actually just address it and come face to face with it today and decide I'm going to get active and I'm going to take this down? Do you need to tell yourself to get back up and keep walking? I know that life can pull us down so far sometimes and you can be in church on a Sunday and be full of faith and like, yes, 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 okay, I can do it. And then Monday morning hits and it doesn't feel like that anymore. But do you need to just choose you're going to get up and you're going to start walking again? Um, do you need to find your shout? Have you lost the words? Have you lost the things that you know that God said to you? Have you lost the promises? Have you lost sight of the fact that he can actually land the impossible? Find your shout today, whether that's finding a word fresh from the Bible, whether that's declaring who God is, what is your shout? Um, when I was preparing to speak to you today, uh, God just told me that for some people, fear has become your comfort and your norm. You've settled for good enough rather than living big because you think you're too insignificant. But what you think is safe and comfortable is actually dangerous because it's destroying the seeds of possibility in your life. Um, but the good news is it's not too late for you today. All you need to do is open yourself up to God, open yourself up to possibility, um, and watch as he restores your faith and your joy. He wants to restore your faith and your joy. You might have been walking for two years. You might have been going round and round in circles thinking, well, I've believed it, but I still haven't seen it. God wants to land that impossibility in your life. He does. And landing the impossible is not for the chosen few. You can look at the people at the front on a Sunday and think, well, it's fine for them. Liam's leading worship. Mal's declaring who God is through worship. Mike's preaching the word. It's all right for them. They can land the impossible. But it's not. It's not for a chosen few. It's for all of us. God has promises and incredible dreams and ideas for our lives. And it's for all of us. We are all his chosen people. He looks at each of us and says, come on, let's do it. And then for this house, God, God wants to land the impossible in this house. You might look around today and think, oh, it's just, a, it's just four rows of, of people. What can we do? But God wants to land the impossible. He wants to give us influence in this community. He wants to draw people to him. He wants, he wants people to know who he is and to live life to the full that he's called them to. Uh, but it starts with us. It starts with us addressing our fears and saying no to that so that we can start to lead that charge in this community for other people. Imagine the breakthroughs that we'd see if we didn't just settle here in our comfort, in our fear. We didn't just settle for second best. Imagine where that could take us. Imagine the possibilities for us as individuals, as families, as a whole community. For those children that come in on a Sunday that aren't even connected to church in any other way than just turning up to get their hot chocolate. There are so many possibilities in here and God wants to do it and it just, it just involves us standing up and saying no and pressing on and taking, taking hold of the word that he's given us. And let's give each other permission to turn up the volume of faith on each other. You know, I have conversations sometimes and, and I do it and we all do it where we're like, oh, yeah, well, that's just, just the way it is. And I know Mike was saying that last week as well. And, oh, wow, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet. But we need to give each other permission to say, actually, you are not speaking the word of God about your situation here. You need a new, you need a new shout. You need to start saying the opposite. We need to give each other permission to do that. And 
to have a bit of humility when someone does call you out and go, oh, actually, yeah, you're totally right. Can you help me with this? Can, can we pray about it? Can we stand on this together? Uh, because we're here to support each other. Hebrews 10, verse 24 said, let us consider how we can spur each other on towards love and good deeds. We're here for each other. We are a family, and we need to be able to speak into each other and declare that shout and declare faith over each other. We should be each other's greatest encouragers and refuse for absolutely anything other than faith to be the word over us. We should be looking at each other and saying, no, I'm going to call out that fear. That's enough. Stop there. Let's do that for each other. I raise a hallelujah.